more information in the next hour or so. Yeah, see, I'm usually here saying happy, happy, happy. How can I be happy? There's a lot of things to be quite angry about. Before we kick off today's topic, the number one thing that I'm angry about today is this idea. And, I, and I'm looking here, for example, of headlines of the paper during the week, right? Far right exploits Ashling Murphy death. This is, of course, the tragic death and murder of Ashling Murphy. That was the Irish Examiner, the Irish Independent. Far right uh, weaponizing Ashling Murphy murder for peddling lies in wake of conviction. What lies are they peddling? The man was in this country, hasn't contributed a thing in this country, and then he goes and murders one of our citizens. Anyway, and then Coyne says in the Irish Indo, how far right extremists tried to turn Ashling Murphy's uh, murder into a debate about immigration. Why we can't turn it into a debate about immigration? That's odd that the media would do that, isn't it? That they would turn around and say, this has nothing to do with immigration, absolutely nothing to do with people who come to this country, there's nothing to see here, move on. When Ryan Casey, her own boyfriend, questioned why somebody should come to this country, not do a tap, not contribute, and be basically a guest of the state for a decade. That is open for a conversation. Michal Martin was asked about it yesterday, the Tarnishta, but didn't really answer the question. He did a typical Fianna Fáil thing, lesson one, day one of being a politician, answer everything but the question. When Ben Scallon from Grip Media asked him that very question, how can somebody come to this country and languish on the state for nearly a decade and not do a tap or contribute? These are important questions. But the media believe we shouldn't ask these questions. We shouldn't discuss immigration. Remember, this is the same media who in 2012 used the tragic death of Savita Hanapanavar when she died in a hospital because allegedly she asked for termination of pregnancy or at least her husband may have, when she had sepsis. It was never proven, by the way, at any point that if she had had a termination, it would have saved her life. In fact, doctors went as far as to say that the sepsis was so bad at that stage that sadly she probably would have passed away anyway. But the media used her death because it suited them at the time. It was a liberal agenda. They wanted to have a referendum on abortion. They never shut up about it. They went on about it for four years till they eventually got the referendum. So the media used her death to raise a conversation and a debate. And again, now the death of Ashling Murphy or the murder of Ashling Murphy is being used to raise a debate. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's a tragic, tragic event. And my condolences and my heart goes out to the family of Ashling Murphy and Savita. But in saying that, when something like this happens and when something tragic happens and it becomes the story of the nation... It's time to have a debate to make sure for future generations, things like that don't happen again. So for the media to turn around and say, we shouldn't be having a debate about immigration after the death of Ashling Murphy, they're talking nonsense because they're hypocrites. Because if it suited them to use a tragic murder, they would do it in a heartbeat. Need to get that off my chest. Also, by the way, Leo Varadkar has said that he doesn't... Um, oh yeah, what he said was... It's not the case that the community engagement is about seeking permission from communities as to whether people are going to move into the area. In other words, if we want to move refugees or asylum seekers into an area, we don't need permission. Thanks very much all the same. Let's be 100% clear about what he's saying here. They don't need to put, or your permission to put asylum seekers or centres in your area. So what? So what's that all about? Why bother voting for people if they don't need your permission anymore? They just do what they want to do. Is that what politicians do nowadays? They don't even listen to the people. They do what they want to do. Speaking of doing what they want to do, that's what we're talking about today. 
Because only two weeks ago, the same man, Leo Varadkar, talked about the fact that Ukrainian people wanted to go home for Christmas. And he kind of said that defeated the purpose. He also talked about Ukrainians, some Ukrainians, gaming the system. He didn't use those terms, but he said they were, this was their second choice. And that Ireland was attractive, obviously because of the amount of money that we pay out and the accommodation that we give. But the Department of Integration had reduced the period for which Ukrainians have the right to leave their homes in Ireland from seven days to zero two weeks ago. And the reason for this decision is the critical lack of affordable housing for refugees in the country. In other words, you can't have houses and accommodation sitting idle while others are living in tents because a Ukrainian wants to go home for Christmas to a country where their life is seemingly in danger because isn't that the whole purpose of being a refugee? But hey... This seemed like a logical thing, didn't it, at the time? But the NGOs, of course, got to the government. And the latest story, which has now been buried in the middle of a newspaper somewhere in the last few days, has shown that the government now and the Department of Integration has done a U-turn on that logical decision. And the latest story, the headline is, Ukrainians living in hotels and government-provided accommodation will now be permitted to return home for Christmas. The Department of Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth decided... Uh, to permit Ukrainian refugees who are living in hotels and other state-provided accommodation to freely travel for the Christmas period in order to facilitate beneficiaries of temporary protection to travel, whether within Ireland or abroad. A decision has been made to allow unrestricted, unrestricted absences from the 22nd of December till the 8th of January because, of course, Ukraine celebrate Christmas on the 7th of January, as far as I know. Ukrainian refugees can now leave their state accommodation between December and January without having to notify the authorities, without losing their accommodation, without losing their payments. By the way, if you're on the dole and you go off on holidays for more than two weeks, you lose your payments. You know that, don't you, as far as I know. But it's different, obviously, if you're Ukrainian. The department warned that anyone who is absent from their accommodation after January the 8th must have approved exceptional absence. If they don't have that approval, they risk being evicted from their accommodation. It's still two and a half weeks. Many people believe this is the humane thing to do. While others would suggest this is an abuse of our generosity. After all, the whole idea of seeking protection means your life is in danger in your own country. So why would you want to go home there on two weeks' holidays? The Department of Foreign Affairs does not recommend Ukraine as a safe destination, although hotels are booked out in Ukraine if you look on booking.com. Odd, really, isn't it? This has been an argument all along when it came to Ukrainians coming to Ireland, with many saying that Ukraine is a very large country and only a small percentage is actually affected by the war, which has somewhat come to a stalemate, I think, at this point. The suggestion by some was, why not just move to a different part of Ukraine? Now, maybe that wouldn't have suited everybody, although others will say, you know, people from Ukraine will feel safer in Ireland and safer in other countries, because after all, their country is at war to some degree. So are the government too soft when it comes to Ukrainians? Have we got, is our generosity gone too far by saying you can go home for Christmas? I mean, why would you want to go home? If your country's at war and you don't feel safe and you came here as a refugee in the first place, why would you want to go home? Why are Ukrainians traveling back and forward to dentists, to doctors, to hospitals, to get surgery, to look after their own accommodation in Ukraine, which they're probably renting out? Why are they doing that if it's such a dangerous place to be? You could argue, of course, that some would be from dangerous areas in Ukraine. And I understand that. If I was a family and I was living in any part of Ukraine, I would feel relatively unsafe because you never know when a missile might land on your town. It's unlikely in most of Ukraine, but very likely in some of us. So the real question is, are the government too soft on Ukrainians? Or is it the right, humane thing to do to allow people to travel home for Christmas? 
Let us know what you think, by the way. The number, as usual, 85 That's 85 And don't forget, by the way, please support the podcast by going to our website, nileboylan.com, and registering there for a subscription plan. $5.99 a month is all it'll cost you. The price of a pint of beer It's like buying me a pint once a month. That's all it is. It just helps us out to continue doing this and giving you a platform every single day. And every day, one person who subscribes will get themselves a mug. A smug mug. There you go. A Nile Boylan podcast smoke mug. You can see them on the screen. They look nice, don't they? Let me go to Martin if I can. Martin, hi. How are you? Good afternoon, Nile. I'm doing well. Good afternoon. Martin, um, this U-turn in the last two weeks, I mean, it was a, a definite no two weeks ago from Leo Varadka, who insinuated Ukrainians were playing the system. And now all of a sudden it's a yes. Yeah, well, <clears throat> you know, he, he wasn't at that moment contending with all the very well-paid people within the non-government organisations. But just to talk very briefly on your previous um, topic of the media. I mean, there's a lot of questions about do you trust the media? Personally, I do trust the media. I trust them to lie on just about every topic of importance, the mainstream media. They just lie on everything. But on this idea of people going home to Ukraine after they've supposedly fled um, for fear of their lives, particularly if they have families, if I could just draw a quick analogy. I don't think any rational person, if they were in a burning building, if their home was on fire and they flee their home and they're standing outside, and they realize, actually, I still have relatives inside who are having dinner. I'll go back in and sit down and have dinner with them, and I can leave after dinner. No rational person would do it. If you flee in fear of your life, why would you return to an area where you're, where you're in danger? I know I'm repeating what you've said, but, I mean, logically, rationally, nobody can defend that. They may make a defense, but it's not a reasonable defense of doing such a thing. If someone wants to go home to the Ukraine for Christmas, obviously they feel it's safe enough to do so. Okay, good luck. Pack your bags. Go. Do not return. That's where I stand on it. Now, as far as genuine refugees coming in from other areas where they're being persecuted for religious or political reasons or whatever else, they're, they're fleeing war. Yes, we have, in my opinion, we have uh, a, a duty of care towards those people but not to everyone in the world. I mean, Ireland, we're, we're sinking under the weight of, of people coming in, particularly people who are, in my opinion, not entitled to be here. We hear every day of people destroying their documents, getting off an aircraft. If a person gets off an aircraft without documents, how did they get onto that aircraft in the first place, or that boat, or whatever? Well, they, they didn't, through. but the point is they didn't. They got onto that aircraft exactly. with they documents. Didn't. And then they destroyed their documents. Yep. So if a person steps off that aircraft without documents, send them back to the country that they, where they got onto that aircraft and let that country sort it out. You know, they're coming to other countries to get here. They're supposed to seek refuge in the first, the first country that they can get to where they can seek safe res refuge. But yet they come here, and it's not because Ireland is a safer place. It's because the benefits are here. That's the whole. That's the whole thing of it. I mean, some, somebody's texted and said most of Ukraine is at war now. You're talking nonsense. No, it's not. It's only the. No, it's, not. it's only the regions bordering Russia, um, the, the yeah. likes of Donetsk and Maripol and uh, Crimea, obviously, yeah. and, and uh, Ukraine, Luhansk. Ukraine is a huge country. Ukraine, it's massive. Ukraine it's the size of France. Though, France. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all of Ukraine is is, is not at war. 
you know. And it's I just, mean, from Odessa right over to the east, there's nothing happening there. Nothing has happened. Yeah. And I've seen videos of people during the summer out on the beach at swimming pools, drinking yeah. coffee and cocktails. And, yeah. and, and the hotels, by the way, if you go on to booking.com, um, in that part of Ukraine, from Odessa right across uh, to Lviv or Lviv, I mean, you can book a five-star hotel a nice weekend away. They're all booked out. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah. what I'm saying, I'm not saying, you know, that I'd like to live there. I'm just saying they're reasonably safe places to be. It's only the bordering regions of Russia that are really affected very badly by this. Yeah, well, there's an, under, there's an underlying um, narrative as well, and that's to demonize Russia. You know, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. Well, I'm not, not, not going to get into the argument today about who's right and who's wrong. Or, I mean, no, obviously, no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong. I, I am no fan of... Um, Certain things that the Russians do, but there's no there's no um, there's no balance. But well, the, well, the point is, war. the war is a proxy war now, and it's at a stalemate yeah. anyway. I mean, I'm sure Zelensky is quite upset at the moment what's happening in Israel and Palestine because he's not getting the attention he used to get, and probably not getting the money he was getting yeah. before. But stay stay there, Martin. Uh, let me go to Noel as well. Noel, hi, how are you? Oh, how are you doing? That's bad. Good. No, are we making the wrong decision or the right decision? Is it the human humanitarian thing to do to allow people to leave and go back to a war-torn country for two two weeks or two and a half weeks? Well, it's hard to know what to say anymore. Like, I I believe up to now the Ukrainians will go back and were on holidays before this anyway. Well, they were going. going yeah, they were. Well, they were going yeah. back, but they weren't informing the accommodation that they were they were going back at some points. But they, they were, I, I heard of an instance where they had to inform, they formed the social welfare office. Sorry, I, I heard of I heard of an incident once where they, they informed the social welfare yeah. that they were going on holidays. You know, and uh, I couldn't understand why the hotels couldn't be freed up or some other thing. That's the whole point. I mean, you know, and either way, if you were an Irish citizen and you're on social welfare, I don't believe you're allowed to go on holidays for more than two weeks. No, you're not. No, because yeah. at one time I ever leave in Turkey, there was a, a beach full of white people and then they changed where you could get the social welfare in Turkey. And then... Well, I, don't know why, I don't know what skin colour, I don't know what skin colour has got to do with it, but however, sorry. No, no, yeah. there, were, there were, I mean, it was, uh, it, was, it wasn't to do with the skin, it was just a, <laughs> the beach it emptied really quick because it changed in uh, it changed the rule changed in social welfare whereby you had to uh, sign on so they had to leave mm. yeah <laughs> basically uh, okay but, but getting back to the original question do, do you believe the government has made the right decision allowing people to leave and go back to Ukraine for holidays I, and, and keeping their accommodation open for them no I think the, no I, I don't believe they should be allowing the hotels in the first place to be honest because our tourism is being affected big time by it well, absolutely, and the government has set aside 10 million yesterday to compensate um, the tourist industry. But mind you, they've left out the hospitality industry and they're not giving them any money. Um, basically, restaurants and bars in small towns which have been badly affected and tourist destinations. Stay there. I want to go. Martin, thank you, Noel. Um, let me just go to Morris if I can as well. Uh, Morris, hi. Noel, how are you doing? Uh, good, uh, Morris. Go ahead. Yeah, I think this is crazy. There's a lot of people coming here to be saved from the war zone. But, like, I, I follow the foreign legion guys that are over there volunteering from around the world, right, that are in Ukraine fighting, that believe in justice and freedom. And a Native American guy was killed there recently, sorry, First, First Nations people, uh, a Cree Indian from the Blackfoot tribe. And he, he sacrificed his life for the people of Ukraine. He went there and fought and got killed, like many other foreign... And we've had a couple of Irishmen. And to me, those 
Ukrainian people now are going back there and they're dancing on their graves because they want to go home to a war zone to celebrate Christmas. That's horrific. You know, Jesus Christ, we opened up our doors and said, listen, come in, we'll give you shelter till the war stops. But no, we want to go home and celebrate Christmas in a war zone. To be honest with you, I think the government have got it wrong. They're getting it wrong. They're wasting taxpayers' money. This is a joke now. There's people in this country that are Irish that can't afford to have Christmas in their own country. And now these people want to come along and fly home to a war zone where war is going on. What if the plane that's bringing them back is hit by a rogue missile and they're all killed? Who's responsible then? Yeah, but it's unlikely, isn't it? Because that's not really happening. I understand. I know, but you'd never say never. I always expect the unexpected in a war zone. That's yeah. what I'm saying to you. Do you remember the jet flying over the region in Russia that was in dispute yeah. and I got knocked out? Yeah. Uh, the Malaysian Airways. Do you remember? I remember that story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, to me, anybody that wants to go home to Russia, to, sorry, to Ukraine, you're going and you're not coming back. The well, well, maybe, by the way, no I, return. I, I, I'm kind of thinking outside the box here, maybe Martin and Morris, yeah. that maybe Leo Varadkar's plan is to me in the back of his head is, well, if we let them go home, they might not come back. They might stay there. Maybe that's no, part of the plan. No, that's the carrot and the donkey. Listen, I, I work with Polish guys now, right? And they're decent, hard-working guys. And they're telling me that the towns and the villages along the border with Ukraine are being destroyed. They're being overrun by drunken arseholes from Ukraine that have come across the border, that are getting cheap drink, that are driving around in cars, wrecking the place. But now they're all disappearing from the area. Why? Get over to Ireland is the text message. There's benefits over there to make you a rich man. Yeah, but I want to put it out there that not every Ukrainian is like that. It's a drunken person going around in a car. That's no, but I'm telling case. you what these, Russia, these Ukrainians are doing in the towns on the border with Poland. And I know I work with people whose families are along that region and they're telling us. So all of a sudden they're disappeared and they're getting the text messages, get over to Ireland, it's double the money. By the way, there's a WhatsApp in there that says, that's very Christian of Martin. What a hypocritical you-know-what. Um, well, I, mean, I suppose because Martin... <laughs> well, what did Martin say that was Christian? <laughs> well, well, I think... no. I think, what did Martin say? No, well, Martin obviously has uh, has admitted, on, but nothing is something no. which you need to admit that he's a Christian. But he said, not very Christian of Martin. Sorry, Martin, you can respond to that, yeah? No. You're entitled to your opinion on what to watch here. Yeah, well, no, I, I agree I, with I you. I, I didn't. Mm. I didn't bring up whether I'm Christian or not, or my faith or anything else. I'm. I'm speaking from a political point of view, from a, a financial point of view, mm. as an Irish citizen, as someone who's worked and pe- even when I was working for an Irish company all over Europe, I was working in Europe when I was younger, but my taxes were still being paid in this country. Okay. Now, when it comes to people texting in, <laughs> why didn't that person get on? And confront me if they if they think I'm a hypocrite. I will defend what I have to say, whether I'm right or wrong. People may agree, they may disagree, but sniping from the ditch, simply sending in a text, get on and have a conversation with me. Well, That's you, the problem. Well, Martin, well, well, you know Martin as well as I do. The world is full of keyboard warriors. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. 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 But Morris, just go, just going back to you in what they're saying, you know, and the, the reason the yeah. Department of Integration is saying this is they're saying it's the humanitarian thing to do to keep their accommodation open. And also, by the way, they will continue to make their payments to them while they're away, which is essentially for, because obviously the Ukraine Christmas is on the 7th of January, not the 25th of December, mm. same as Ireland, uh, which means it could be a kind of two and a half to three week period, realistically, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, well, it just, it just better belief that they're coming to an area in, in Europe 
where they feel safe and and they can live and contribute to our society. But now they want a double holiday. I sure I might as well keep the money and fly back home and have another holiday at home in a war zone. It doesn't sit well with me that people are over there fighting on their behalf and dying on their soil, spilling their blood, and all they want to do is go home and party at the taxpayers' expense. No. The airport, you got to arrive out there. Where are you going? I'm home to Ukraine. Give me your passport. No return. No return. If you're going home, you stay home. And don't be coming back here to the land of milk and honey just to milk us for the sake of us. I mean, I I do realise... Okay. I I do realise 18 months ago when the war started first... There was a possibility yeah. it could have spread right across the country and, and Russia, <laughs> you know, could have tried to yeah. invade all different parts of Ukraine and all the different regions. That didn't happen. Yeah. And, and that was a reason maybe at the start for people to flee and countries around Europe to offer yeah. and open their doors. And I understand why that would have happened. But at this exactly. point, we now know that the war is essentially a stalemate. We now know it's become a proxy war. We now know that it's basically just the, the regions bordering Russia that have been primarily affected. Um, with the exception of the odd missile attack close to Kiev, yeah. but, but so realistically, the rest of the country is, is perfectly safe. So is it not uh, a case now where yeah. you, Europe should be reconsidering this and saying, "Well, hold on for I, a second. You know, there's there's you know, seventy five percent of your country is not even affected by this at, at least. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you know, can I, you not I, I look after your own happening. people? Yeah, I think what's happening too is people that are still surviving in the war zones area are obviously in contact with our relatives here. They'll go to a neutral area, they'll all meet up and have a great Christmas party and then go back to living in a war zone. Whereas I don't think that's a right thing for people to be doing. Uh, if, you're, if you're coming from a country where your life is threatened, why would you go back into a war zone where you could be killed at the drop of a hat? No way. It's, it's not allowed. It shouldn't be allowed. But, but, but it is happening at the moment anyway, because we're hearing constantly stories, and Leo Varecker mentioned it himself, of people from Ukraine who are going back and forward on holidays to get their teeth done, to get surgery done, because they're not happy with the health service in Ireland. I mean, I don't yeah. understand how you can even consider doing something like that. But let me go to Bernie as well. Bernie, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. How are you today? I'm good, Bernie. Uh, Bernie, are um, the government making the wrong decision or the right decision? I think they're making the wrong decision. Um, and it's, to me, it just seems like, why would you back into the kitchen when it's on fire? Well, that's the kind of good analogy, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, like, I, I don't understand. Like, is, is there not a chance that, you know, they can go back and, you know, revisit their own country and go back and start maybe recreating it and building it up? Like, there's a lot of young people I've seen around that are from Ukraine and they're not fighting in the war. So... Would they not regather their troops together and re re re, re uh, think the whole thing again with Zelensky ruling and saying, right, let's see it. We see what we can do now. We've got everyone has been away. They've had time away from it. Let's fight and have our country back together. And I, I understand Absolutely. a lot of the places where people lived are still in conflict. You know, and particularly if you're primarily yeah. like Donetsk or, or Crimea or uh, Luhansk or uh, parts of Kiev. I understand some of those regions. You know, are still. Obviously, um, some of those regions are occupied uh, and some of those regions are still quite dangerous to be in. But the mo- most of the country is not. Yeah, but now that they, they, they... Are they not stronger now that they could stand together as if, uh, as they, and, and they've lived in other countries and got a break from it? Could they not back and re, re, you know, revisit the whole thing and see what they can do moving forward as a nation? I mean, somebody used Ireland as an example. But during the Troubles in Ireland, of course, you know, there was bombs constantly going off up in Belfast and Derry and... You know, but people in the Republic of Ireland, or many people from Northern Ireland, moved to the Republic or moved to Scotland. Um, but people from the Republic of Ireland weren't really bothered by it. And okay, we did have the odd bombing in Dublin, but it was quite rare. Um, but people generally weren't bothered by it. We, d- you know, we just get on with it. 
that's absolutely right, and we did. And and not on the same scale, obviously, but I'm, I'm standing on the outside looking in. That's what I feel like. You know, can you not keep moving around until you find somewhere safe to live in your own country? Surely you don't want. You know, you're, it's your home. It's your place of of residence. It's where you're reared and and things. Like you stand and fight, or you you stay and live. Mm-hmm. But going home for two weeks to have your holiday and have your few drinks and you know check your property or get your teeth done, it doesn't make sense. No, it, it doesn't make any sense. No. Yes, Martin. Yeah, sorry. This idea that that Varadkar might be hoping at the back of his mind that um, a lot of those people who return will stay is that 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 doesn't that doesn't work for me because <clears throat> if a person was thinking. If a Ukrainian person was thinking of going back, if I was a Ukrainian thinking of going back, the last, the, the, the worst time to do it is around the Christmas period when it's so difficult to travel. There's so many people on the move. There's so much more stress involved. If I was a Ukrainian thinking of going back, I wouldn't be waiting on Christmas. I'd go back when things are quieter, when I when I can be facilitated better in traveling. That's nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that's that's not that's not real. It's just Varadkar, you know, pandering to, to, to the non-governmental organizations who rely, their existence is entirely dependent on this kind of thing. We have so many non-governmental organizations in this country sapping us of billions every year. And really, I, I, I see from, from the vast majority of them, I see no benefit whatsoever as, as, as an individual, as a citizen, or to the country. Most of them are just, in my opinion, financial parasites. They just suck money out. I mean, what do we get? Can anyone point to any of the, the large non-governmental organizations that get millions every year? What benefit do we get from it? I genuinely don't see much benefit coming from any of them. You know, they duplicate. There's a lot of them duplicating what others are doing. No, you, no, you are right. They are. I personally believe, and I, and I think Maliki will come on in a second and tell you the same thing. They're essentially bleeding six billion per year out of the system. Um, stay there with me if you can, um, and stay there, Bernie, as well. I'm going to come to Mr. Hogan as well in a few minutes, and Maliki. In the meantime, I just got to take a quick ten-second break. Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school, and all through his life, they just keep telling him to shut up, but not anymore. Because now he has his own live podcast, the Niall Boylan Podcast. Maliki Stevenson, welcome back to the show, Maliki. Good afternoon, Niall. And and by the way, can I just say I, I wish you and your 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 good wife well. I know she was a little bit unwell last week and unfortunately ended up in hospital, but thankfully she's making a good recovery, and I'm glad to hear that. And she is, and, and indeed very lucky. Uh, close shave. Yeah, Although she had some. Word of bad news this morning, which I just told Karen about there. So okay, she'll tell you that later on. Okay, well, um, I'm sorry. To, I'm very I mean, sorry to hear that. I presume that the, that the government is naturally going to pay for these poor Ukrainians' flights back as well, and any hotel accommodation they might need over there. Because you know, these draft dodgers should be given as much comfort as they want. Well, you're talking about draft dodgers. These are the 46% of 18 to 26 year olds who are actually men, which weren't meant to leave the Ukraine in the first place. Yeah, they're draft dodgers. I mean, and notwithstanding the fact that Ukrainian law says that they should not leave there, that they're obliged to, they're conscripted into the army. 
unless to, to unless they have it unless they have a disability or there is certain criteria. Well, there? I'm sure that that in time they'll all have a disability here because they'll move from uh, welfare, uh, long whatever payments are on unemployment benefits onto disability or invalidity, like half the, the drug addicts in the country. You know, so because this is the land of milk and honey, and it's a great place if you don't want to actually work and better yourself. Mm-hmm. Seems but, that way. You know, it's beggars belief, and, and people should need to actually read the UN Convention on Human Rights and, and the UN declarations in relation to asylum and what asylum is and what a refugee is. It's somebody who's fleeing persecution in their own country, and that their country, that their own government, is unwilling or unable to protect them. Now, how can you, on one hand, argue that your country is, un- or your government is unwilling to protect you, and you're at risk? when you're prepared to fly back and forth at every opportunity, um, as long as you get your dole here. Um, and that, that applies to, to not just Ukrainians, it applies to people, for instance, going to Palestine or any other place. Mm. Um, and, you know, there was a time in, this, in the world when an Irish passport was seen as a valuable document. Now every Tom, Dick and Harry has one. Um, and, and they, they might even start off as Tom, Dick, and Harry nowadays. They could start well, off as Mary, did, Anne, and Josie. But did, uh, did I ever see something there? Was it last year or the year before where the Irish passport was considered the fourth most, um, what's it, um, secure passport in the world? It was the fourth most, what was it, acceptable passport? I don't, I don't, there was a time that it was. I, I, I would say now, and if you look at it, if you look at even looking at the Palestinian thing, they, they talk about Irish citizens. There are Irish passport holders who have been given, given citizenship. And this is happening right around the world. They're, 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 they're not people who have an, a, a history in this country or a family background in this country. Well, but that's, but that, but that's neither here nor there. If they, are, if they have become well, Irish not, citizens, they're Irish citizens. Well, no, if you go to America, for instance, yeah. and you want to become an American citizen, or, or yeah, you wait six like years, yeah. Canadian citizen, yeah. Well, and apart from that, you must be able to speak. You get a language test. I know, and you, uh, and you, you also, they'd also quiz you. There's an oral test in relation to American history and stuff like that as well, yeah. Mm. Here we had Puka last week in court, 10 years in the country and gets an interpreter. You know, if you can't speak the language within a couple of months, get on a plane, or actually be put on a plane, and away off. But George Osborne the did same- say that in the UK many, many years ago. He said he was going to take people off the dole who refused to learn English because they couldn't get a job. I, but Maliki, we're moving off the but point. What do we get, do here now? We're getting, what, what get, do we getting do back to Ukrainians. So two weeks ago, Leo Varadkar said that you know it was wrong to be, to allow people to go home, so they reduced it from seven to zero days over the Christmas. And all of a sudden, I'm assuming the NGOs weren't happy about it. And uh, two weeks later, it's buried in the middle of the paper somewhere. But they've changed their minds again and now allowing people to travel home between December the 22nd and the 8th of January. It's like it's nearly it's three weeks. In this, and, and Leo Varadkar often says things off the cuff um, for a reaction and says what he actually thinks. And then the NGO complex attacks him. And um, then that's the end of that. And this isn't the first time. Remember, Leo Varadkar said he was opposed to abortion at one stage. He also said he was opposed to gay marriage at one stage. And then because the NGOs and the people who actually run the country change his, his position because he wants to be populist and he thinks... Well, he also said know, during COVID he was opposed to lockdowns. You know, well, you at know, one point. It, it, I mean, and the list, the list goes on and on. And yet when he's asked something like, what's a woman? He hasn't got an answer. Or he, he, he oh, not, he, look, uh, he does he, have an answer. He just doesn't want to give it. <laughs> because he, he won't give the answer that the NGOs want. And we have his lucky yesterday, uh, Michal Martin, you know, blaming 
the EU because a murderer, a, 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 a convicted sex offender was led into the country and ended up in murdering Ashley Murphy. But but I think I think uh, Artanish to uh, Michal Martin needs to re look at the EU Pact and Treaty, where it talks about the fact that you can reside in any European country as part of a European as being a European citizen, but you can't be unemployed because for you're more. Because you yourself. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't be unemployed for more than a three you're month not, period. You're supposed to, and it's freedom of movement of workers. Yeah. Not of people just to, to move in and live on welfare. Well, you can remain, well, of course, no, according to the treaty, you can remain resident in any EU country provided you're working and you can't be unemployed for more than three months. That's that's part of the treaty. And providing you look after yourself. No, you can come to a country for three months without working, is my understanding. Right. If, if for instance, you are going on holidays mm -hmm. and then you must get a job or you must have the funds to look after yourself. You can't be a... a, a that can't be an obligation of the state to provide for you. And what do we do here? We import every Tom, Dick and Harry and we stick them on welfare. And as, as Ryan Casey put it so eloquently and is being demonised for it. And, you know, we're being accused of using that, what he said. Yet, when the left used it, they um, used the murder of Ashling Murphy to condemn all Irish men, all young boys, and said we all needed to be re-educated. And yet, here we have Ryan Casey setting it out quite clearly what had happened here. And you get an answer like you get from Michal Martin. Well, well not only that, it was more despicable about the Ryan Casey statement and the part of his victim impact statement was that many news outlets actually removed that um, when they printed the victim yeah, impact it statement. Didn't suit them. Yeah, I know, which was and quite... Know, the, yeah. day, the Sunday Mail actually ran the whole, the whole thing on uh, there. So did the Mirror, actually. The Mirror ran the whole story, but many other news outlets didn't. They didn't mention it at all. And that's, of course, what Grip Media and Ben Scallon asked the Taunister yesterday in relation to that. But, but uh, Bernie... Should, and now has 3.3 million views, which shows the reach, and hopefully your podcast will get that reach as well. Uh, Bernie... Because I see you were, you, you were listed yeah. in, the, in the report the other day, along with myself. Oh, was I? This is this is the this yeah, is the Institute of Strategic Dialogue, the Institute of Dialogue that we allow you to have. Yeah, who ele who elected them? By the way, the governing bodies over morality and and speech. I don't know. I don't know who elected them. Well, I noticed actually uh, that the institute itself didn't appear to get any funding from the Irish. No, you know where the funding comes from. If you look at their funding on their website, uh, Bill, yeah, Ga Bill Gates from mainly from Bill Gates. Yeah, um, the Australian government, in fact, funded. Mm. Um, another government. All you got to do is take one look at the individuals who wrote the report and take one look at their bios, you know, which is covered in flags of all just different descriptions, including LGBT flags and Ukrainian flags, uh, Palestinian flags and all sorts of things. You, if, you, if you have a look at their bios, uh, you can clearly see they have a bias. And by the way, I don't care that they have a bias. That's their, that's their own business. We all have a bias. But don't pretend that you don't and write a report saying you don't like to hear people saying things you don't agree with. Uh, well, sorry, Bernie, well, the just... thing that struck me about just just on that on that report, Niall, you know, the one thing you won't find in their biogs is a tricolour. And in the report, you can see the spike in relation to immigration from when Eastwall Eastwall was the catalyst for. But the report, yeah, but uh, I, I understand that, by Manic, but the report gives out that there has been an increase in the dialogue and debate around immigration. Of course that has. 200,000 people have come into the country in the last two years. So, and and that, it gives out about all of the issues that people are actually talking about. I know. In the pub or anywhere else. You know, 
so you're not allowed to talk unless you're on message. Yeah, well, oh yeah, or unless you're part of the institution's strategic dialogue. I don't know who they sound like an official government organisation, but they're not. They're just a group of people. Uh, sorry, Bernie. Just in in relation to some of the, the the comments that are coming in online, some of the WhatsApp says, uh, "Nile, your callers today lack humanity and lack empathy for people who want to repatriate and go home and see their family and friends." What, what do you think? No, of that? I'm sorry. I think that's an absolutely very very bad thing to say. Mm. I don't lack empathy. I've never lacked empathy. I I'm, and I feel that I'm being honest, and I feel that I'm given my view. Why would you go back into the kitchen when the kitchen's on fire? I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, that's not. That's that's. If if they're safe in this country, why are they thinking? Ah, oh, it's okay to go back now for two weeks. We mightn't get burnt this time. We go back in again. That. Well, that, I, I, I'm just exactly. giving you the counter argument. Let's say, for example, you've got a a young woman living here at the moment from Ukraine who, who fled for safety to Ireland, but maybe her elderly parents are still back in Ukraine who wouldn't have been fit to travel because they're older and she wants to go home for Christmas to see them. That's, is that the argument? No, that, that's still not an argument. The parents sent her away to be keep, keep her safe. They want to see her coming back. I mean, I, I mean, for instance, I mean, I, where, I, where I go every day to the gym, there's Ukrainian people in there, all young people, all hanging out having their coffees, having their lols, um, you know, sending their voice clipping and they're sending home, they, they can contact their family, you can see them on the, on the uh, uh, what you call WhatsApp, you know, on their video Facetime, calls. yeah, FaceTime, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. They're doing that every day uh, while they're to and from, while I, while I see them walking around and I'm sitting beside them. Um, in the in McDonald's yesterday when I was there, there was a young a man, Ukrainian man, he was with the big headphones talking to us, whoever he was in Ukraine. He was, uh, he was very, it made me feel uncomfortable because he was scratching under the table and I didn't know what he was doing, so I had to leave. You know, and I, he was roaring in his own, in his own Ukrainian accent. Mm. Uh, and, and yes, they are in contact daily with their families, so I'm not being lack of empathy. Okay, well, stay there for a second. Let me just go to uh, Mr. Hogan. Stay there, Maliki, too. Uh, Mr. Hogan, hi, how are you? Hello, doing very well, and thank you for having me on again. You're welcome. Go ahead. Uh, well, there's two points I want to bring up that I don't think many people are aware of. Um, Firstly, Ukraine is massive, right? Huge. In the Irish scale. Yeah. Absolutely massive. As big as France. Um, the distance between the, the front line, where the actual fighting is going on, and one of their big cities, Kiev or Lviv, it's about the distance from here to um, Western Germany. So, you know, during the war, during World War II, we had some people coming from, you know, wherever, to um, stay here in Ireland where it was safe. Because, of course, there weren't bombs dropping here. Mm. Well, they're the same within their own country. They have that distance. There's no one dropping bombs. So they know that they're going there and they're going to be safe. The only thing, the other thing is, the, the conscription rules have changed a lot since most of them left. At the start of the war, they were taking you know, your young men, 18 to 35. There's such a meat grinder going on that they've had to change all their rules. They're now conscripting women. They're now conscripting people with disabilities. So they're having diabetics up to the front line. They're having epileptics up to the front line. Mm. So, the, 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 original, well, the original rule was Zelensky said no one between the age of 18 and 65 who was a male was allowed to leave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so anyone who left, they've broken the laws in their country. They're, they're illegal. But mind you, Grip um, Media and, and put the stats up there recently, sorry for interrupting, uh, of Ukrainian people, 18... I, I think somebody has a speakerphone on there, sorry. Have you got a speaker on there, Mike? I'm no, sorry. me? No, yeah. it's not me. Okay. But Ukrainian people that have come to Ireland between the age of 18 and 26, uh, 46% of them, I think it was, are male. Yeah, no, they shouldn't be here, and we shouldn't be encouraging it. 
Because again, if if our country was you know under attack, I would hope that every you know strong, healthy Irish hearing man would would sign up and do his bit if it was a you know legitimate war and, and a reason to defend your country. That's what except we're me. here for. Except me, I'd be gone. Yeah, but look, in the same way that we don't want people running out, out of, of defending our own country, we don't want to accept people breaking laws to, to run out of their country. But the other thing is, they're now accepting, um, um, you know, women are being conscripted as well in certain cases. And the people going back, they know they're not going to be conscripted. Now, I've been to Ukraine. I've, well, I've been to, to a part of Ukraine, the Sochi, the... Crimea. I was into Crimea after it became Russian. Mm-hmm. And I talked to a lot of the locals. I talked to them about what's going on in Russia and Ukraine and so on. And, you know, it's, it's a known thing that, that Ukraine and Russia, both of them are horribly corrupt. Horribly corrupt. I know some Ukrainians that are now in Ireland and I was talking to them and they were telling me of how they basically bribed their way through the border guards to get, um, you know, out of Ukraine when they shouldn't have been able to. There were there were a system of bribes was set up. It was it was sophisticated. It was organised. It was everyone knew about it. So it's as clear as day. Um, the people going back know that they're not going to be conscripted. They have given bribes. They have organised. Well, they know the people. It's not just about conscription. It's not just about conscription. It's not just about the conscription aspect of it. It's about the fact that, as Malky pointed out, under the treaty and under the um, the convention. To be an asylum seeker or indeed a refugee, to seek refuge in any country, you must fit a criteria. And the criteria is, is that your life is in danger and your government is failing to protect you. So, I mean, that, that clearly couldn't be the case if you're heading out there on holidays. Exactly not. No, but, but the people going back, I just want to say, they are family, they're relatives of the, the higher up class, of the government people. They know someone who knows someone and they know that they're going to be safe. So they're, they're far enough away from the, the war zone. And they know they're not going to be, you know, put in van and sent to the war zone. Yeah, they know that they're going to have a fair chance to come back to Ireland. They may or may not be pulling dole while they're even away out of the country. So there's absolutely no reason to say these people should be here at all. There's no reason we're not protecting them. We're not saving them for government intervention. We're not doing anything. And, you know, if they need to uphold the laws of their country, which is to be conscripted, then we should send them back and right onto the front lines there. Mm. Well, I, I, I'm not familiar with their conscription laws. All I do know is at the very start of all this, they were told men between the age of 80 and 65 couldn't leave the country, which obviously is a bit of a fallacy because that's not true, because they're all here now, to be honest with you. Well, not all of them, obviously, uh, but many of them are. And this is their second country for a lot of them, because a lot of them didn't come to Ireland originally. They went to other countries, but then realized that the money and the accommodation wasn't as good in other countries. And their friends told them, sure, Ireland is, as you described it, the land of milk and honey. Um, exactly, and and Malagi, the government have admitted that. And what, what blows my mind yeah. is that they're constantly admitting these things, but yet they're continuing to do it. It's like let's do something, let's do the same thing tomorrow, and let's hope we get a different result. Well, you see, I mean, all of the things that we've said since last November have come to pass, and we've been shown to be correct on all of this. And the government agrees with everything we say, and then they pull back from it. But it's not good enough for the Taoiseach um, to say the country is full, we've reached capacity, but we're still going to take people in. It's not acceptable for the government to say, well, we, we recognise that the high welfare rates here are a draw on people, but we're not going to do anything about it. Mm. We're going to continue to pay out um, 
billions of euro on, on this whole process. And just one small example, the East Wall building and the figures we got recently from, from the government, which they unfortunately, unfortunately for them, they leaked to grit by mistake, um, shows that the East Wall building alone is getting 1.3 million euro per month to house less than 400 people. That is a phenomenal amount of money for any, any company, which is ultimately owned by outside interests. You know, what we're seeing here is a huge transfer of wealth to a very small section of, of the world economic society. And, you know, how much longer can we continue to do that? We're told, for instance, that we need to import people to pay pensions, pensions in yeah. the coming years. Yet we're told today that they're going to increase the RSI to do that. Well, I, I, I personally, by the way, don't believe we should be doing that. I believe that the best thing we could do to uh, recover from the pension collapse that we're probably going to have in about 20 or 30 years is to encourage the family to provide childcare places, to encourage people to have more children. We've, we've discouraged people from having children by making it too uh, costly. By the way, Lorenzo says on WhatsApp, you go back because it's your home. Have you ever lived abroad? If not, it's normal that you don't understand. But Lorenzo, now hold on a second. If I was from Ireland and Ireland broke out into a war tomorrow and I decided to move to America, why would I want to go home to Ireland? Of course, I'd love to go home. And I'm sure Ukrainians would love to go home. I'm sure people from other parts of the world who have come here as refugees would love to go home. Syria and places that would love to go home. But if there's a war, you don't go home. The reason you moved is because to keep your, you know, to be safe. So I don't believe it's normal to want to go back. Uh, in that situation, he said. So I understand Ukrainians to go back, but they can't expect Ireland to be a ho uh, to be a hotel to come and go because taxpayers are paying for them, and some of them are struggling. I'm uh, the same way that Irish citizens should work and to be on social welfare for life. The problem is that Irish something or other wants to be friendly with everyone. The Irish government, I mean, uh, obviously, you mean, and uh, by doing it, it's not friendly with anyone. And that comes in from Lorenzo. Um, okay, stay there for a second, both of you. Let me just go to Neve. Uh, Neve, hi, how are you? Oh, hold on, I get you on there, Neve. Sorry, Neve, go ahead. I have to head off. Yeah. Neve, hi. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Can I can I head off? Yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead, there, Mister Hogan. Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> can I head off? <laughs> yeah, you've been replaced by Neve. <laughs> Sorry, Neve. Go ahead. Is he, is he going on his holidays? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he is. <laughs> Neve, go go ahead. Well. I was just thinking, I, I would understand how people would want to meet, see their families again, etc, etc, whatever. But these people are going back, it depends on their age, I suppose, if they're single and all. If they're young and they've seen an opportunity and some excitement to come to another country, <clears throat> and who wouldn't take handouts, you know what I mean? Mm. When you're young and you, you get this opportunity to go away and have a laugh and whatever. But if they're older people and families and all, if they're going back home, they know they're safe. So what the hell is going on in that country? That's what I want to know. Mm. Why are they here? But on the other hand, again, families and people who fled, they, they left for a reason. And who would want to go back? Sorry, who wouldn't want to go back to their home? Do you know what I mean? So what the hell is going on in that country? I don't understand. I mean, I, I can understand I people leaving country. in the regions that were badly affected. I could absolutely understand why they would want to leave. Mind you, people have argued, well, why didn't they just go to a different part of the country? Because most of the country is safe. Yeah. But in saying but, that, they left, and that's, that's the end of that. But what I don't understand is there's a lot of people here from regions in Ukraine um, that are not affected by war at all. Yeah, so if somebody, if they fled because they thought they had to write their lives. No, I, think, I, think a lot of them, I think a lot of them came here just for a better life. 
Maybe they did. I haven't really been following it much. But so if they fled because it was their lives depend on it, blah, blah, blah. And then they realised down the line, oh, we're safe enough to go home. Why don't they go back home? I don't. Mm-hmm. So I don't, at this stage, when you think of it like that, I don't think they should be allowed to come back and get accommodation and all their benefits. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be mean. But it's a war zone, apparently. So, you know apparently. what I mean? Yeah. But regarding, yeah, regarding the government, uh, who the hell believes anything they say anymore? Really? Well, I, 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 what, I, what I don't understand is the flip-flopping. You know what I mean? Like, we hear one story one minute and two weeks later they backtrack again. And Maliki summed it up. The reason they backtrack on a regular basis is because they tell us what they really feel and then the NGOs turn around and say, you can't say that anymore. And uh, they like, like oh, Conor okay. McGregor's tweet. I see, I, I seen Conor McGregor's <laughs> yeah. tweet, yeah. Uh, he retweet, retweeted Ben Scallon. Now, to be fair to Conor McGregor, he puts the tweet out and it gets the traction. Now, obviously, his PR people tell him to take it down. But the impact is made and the millions of followers he has see the tweet. You know, it doesn't matter Ooh. if it's taken down. It's out there. I agree with you. And I he agree. is yeah, somebody who has consistently supported... But why is he taking them down again? This is what I, I don't understand. It's but. obviously... Um, obviously, his PR people are telling him to do that. <clears throat> because, for whatever reason. But it doesn't matter. The tweet is out there. More people have screenshotted um, Conor McGregor's tweet. So they're out there. But just look at Eamon Ryan yesterday. He keeps telling us you're not allowed to drive and all of this nonsense. And suddenly the Adair bypass is getting built because we have the Ryder Cup next year or whatever. You know, nonsense. Yeah, well, hang on both of you. Let me just go to Steve as well. Oh, but, no. Hang on both of you there for a second. Steve, hi, how are you? Well, what's the story, Noel? So, look, firstly, what I'm going to say is I know Bernie's not on air and she has a right to reply, blah, blah, blah. But I want to pull her up on something she said. She said that a man was scratching himself under the table and speaking in his own language. Well, how goddamn dare he scratch himself and speak? Well, I, mean, I, I, I know, I think the say, point she felt was maybe she was suspicious he was doing something else. I don't know. She was intimidated because he had an accent, Noel. Women I mean, are you for fucking well, real? Well, no, I think she said he was shouting. Yeah, but you listen, no, 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 you listen no, no, to what on, she hold said. Hold on a second, hold on a second, Noel. Go back and listen to what she said. Mm. She basically pointed out a man that was doing innocent behaviour and making out that he was some sort of villain. I mean, genuinely. No, well, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, well, I don't know. I wasn't there, Steve. I wasn't there. Okay, so move on from that and stick to the topic. No, no, Last I, week, Steve, no, I don't. When, when you and your, your woke liberals telling people, men, to right. cross the road if there was a woman walking along in front of them in case the woman might be afraid. So now it's totally no, different. Oh, whoa, 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 so, hold, on, words, hold on a second, Maliki. Maliki, I didn't say the woke that. I never said that. The woke liberalism that you represent. Sure, he, with the greatest respect, Maliki, at one point Steve was on the air telling us that he was going to the Ukraine to join the war. To fight. Well, hold so on a second. Yeah, that, that's how bonkers he is. To, I tell you what, the two of like you shut the hell up and let me talk. as well. I tell you what, the two of you shut the hell up and let me talk. Because Maliki... Maliki, first of all, first of all, I never said that, so don't put words in my goddamn mouth. It was I didn't Noel say you said that. said your ilk. No, I, I was actually... Uh, my, we myself and my producer were discussing the matter one night, but go on anyway, Steve. Yeah, hold on, what, what's my ilk, Maliki? What is my ilk? You woke liberal. You'll talk I'm, about I'm Ukraine, you'll liberal. talk about Palestine, how you are going to go and, and fight for them, and yet you're sitting there. Uh, go and fight for one of these countries if Malachy, you actually believe you, in them. I applied to go over you're to the You're the type Ukraine. of person that in 1970 would have been sitting there complaining about 
um, nationalists protecting mm-hmm. themselves in the north. And you're the man with all the fucking answers, about... aren't you, Malky? You Hang on for a second. Let's just make this reasonably civilized. Steve, well, answer the question that, you know, Maliki is talking about. You are the man, Steve, who told us on radio one night that mm-hmm. you had signed up and made an application to go to Ukraine. This yeah. is going back about a year Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. Yeah, to fight yeah. because you had seen some mm-hmm. poor children crying at the side of the road. Oh, f- yeah. then I'll force my patronising prick. Oh, hold on now, shut up, Mally. Stop it? interrupting. Um, did you Malachi, back loud? Did I will go? answer the goddamn question as soon as he shuts his did mouth. No, do you know why, Maliki? Because I wasn't allowed to go because of my criminal record. I made the application. Oh, and I put the, oh no, hold on, hold on a goddamn second. Hold on a goddamn second. You ask me a question, let me finish the goddamn answer. Why are you laughing at your tit? All you do is go out and bleed in marches. You do nothing for the people but give out. You're a hate monger. That's all you are. You're spreading hate. Why don't you try to get off your arse and actually do something for the Irish people? Instead of standing outside with a microphone screaming. That's all you do. I tell you what, give us an answer, Maliki. You you fix the problems that the Irish people are having. Instead of just shouting about it. Then do something about it. Well, I've only heard one person shouting since you come on the air, Steve. Steve, get to the original question. Do you believe Ukrainian people should be allowed to go home for Christmas? I wonder why, Niall, I'm shouting, because every time I went to say something, that ignorant prick decides to interrupt me. Now, well, you're the I one who said you were the, going to fight to free Ukraine, and then you haven't got the yes, bottle. Yes, and I tried. You haven't got the bottle. I tried. You bottled I, out. Let's see if you just admit you bottled out. Niall... I, do you know what, you, ignorant, you pair of ignorant bastards, you okay. pay, honest to God. You right, really, if you're going to keep insulting us now, you're going to get, you're just going to get cut off, Steve, all right? So, Steve, Steve, stick to the point. Uh, the question we're asking today is, should people be allowed to travel home to Ukraine for Christmas? Allow me to bleed and talk. Right, go on. Allow me to talk, Noel. Yeah. Uh, freedom of speech, me arse. You know, they told me to shut up. Yeah, yeah. my arse. Yeah, I'll cut you I'll off. And I will cut you off in a second if you keep insulting people, go but go on. I fucking dare you, Noel. Oh. Cut me off. <laughs> Show people what you really are. Go ahead. <laughs> go on, you just <laughs> answer the question. <laughs> You're very aggressive what today. I what, well, I wonder why. I wonder why, because you have people like Malachi Stenson on the air with his hate mongering and just spreading Steenson, hate. And he does actually. nothing. Yeah. He does yeah, nothing for the Irish the people. <sighs> you do nothing for yes. the Irish people. I Are you going to answer the question I've asked you five times? Uh, you asked me a question a couple of minutes ago that I didn't get to answer, but you want to move on to a different question. No, I, I want to move on to the same question. The question we're asking today is, should people from the Ukraine living in Ireland be allowed to travel home for Christmas? I'm going to, ad- I'm going to address what the pair of you said about me, oh. because I'm entitled to do that. You both said that I didn't have the bottle to go over to the Ukraine. Now, Niall, when I made the application to go over there and I was denied, <laughs> I sent in that denial via email to your radio station to prove Myself. But we never got it. You, yeah, my arses didn't get it. We didn't, didn't, we'll, send, we'll send it in to me again. I want to see. I want to see on paper where they said they declined you. Yeah, I will send it to me because you know what? I don't believe you. You're a liar. I, 
I will send it again. Yeah, and I don't believe it. You're a liar. When you when you turn around and say you bottled something along it, the lines, you just bottled Niall, it. Niall, when you say something along the lines of, um, Steve, you wanted to go over because you seen some kids crying, you patronise and No, because you went on the air one night talking about the fact that you'd seen some kid crying, which I don't even believe for a minute. I never believed for a minute you were actually going to go over there. I thought you were only making it up. You were coming on the radio pretend to be Billy Big Balls. That's oh, all you were doing. Now, answer the question I originally asked you was, do you believe that people should be allowed to travel home? Are, are Ukrainians our guests or our prisoners? Uh, they're people they're seeking... welfare spongers. No, not all of them, Maliki. That's an unfair statement. Uh, the people, they're, people, they're people seeking protection. They're neither. Yes, they are people they're seeking neither. protection. Yeah. But, the, no, Niall, they are our guests. They are not They're not. They're prisoners. not guests. They're people seeking protection. Let me... Niall, let oh, me just say... say every single... Every single caller that you've had on today, no, no, I, I won't say all, I won't be absolutist here, but the vast majority of them are just making out that the vast majority of Ukrainians are these cloak and dagger villains, alcoholics, scrounders. These are, most of them are just one, ordinary one, people. Who one caller referred to people who were on the border of Poland as causing chaos. Nobody else mentioned and anything they, else about alcoholics yes, or scrounders. Go back, listen to the show. You're clearly not listening. I am. I, well, I'm sitting is. here. Of course, I'm listening to it. Well, I tell you, I'll tell you what I'll do, Niall. I will listen back to the show and oh. I will write down everything negative that was oh. said about the Ukrainians today. Do you know what? You're making it, really, Steve. You're making yeah. Steve. You're making it really hard work for me today. Just answer the bloody question, will you? I did answer the question, but you clearly, again, you weren't listening, Niall. You said, "Are they guests? Are they guests? Are they prisoners? So clearly, they should be allowed to go home." Of course they should be allowed to go home, Noel. You can't stop a person from doing what they want to do. Now, let me just point out that I am... Okay, well, so here, let me look at the legal complications of what you've just said, Steve, right? Um, coming from Ukraine, which is not a part of the European Union, um, normally to come to Ireland, you have to have a visa, right? You understand? Okay. You do understand that, a visitor's visa. You would have to have to come to Ireland to work, I'm talking about, visitor's visa to work, or a visa to work, all right? Now, we wavered that because they're coming to okay. Ireland as refugees, so, yep. and the reason you come to Ireland as you ever as a refugee under the criteria of the convention is that your life is in danger, and as Maliki pointed out earlier, and that your government is not protecting uh -huh. you, right? Which clearly isn't the case if they're willing to travel home for Christmas holidays. So then that defeats the purpose of the waiver in the first place. So surely coming back again, you can't really claim your life is in danger because you've just been on your jollies for two weeks. Right, and if you'd let me finish, what I would say to you is, Niall, that... I am well aware that the Ukrainian people are using the war as an excuse to come here as economic migrants. I am not stupid. I know that's what they're doing. But not I all have of them, seen yeah. with I have seen with my two eyes, Niall, the squalor that a lot of these people live in. And who the hell wouldn't want... If, Niall, if you were in this country and it was a major shithole and there was a lot of crime going on and it was really bad for you and your kids, would you... Do you not see a country that's given free money and go, God, it looks great over there. I think I'll go over there because it, it, they will help me out. That exactly I mean, bears giving... out our point. Exactly bears out our point. And, that these are not and that's refugees. What I've been trying to these say are from the economic start. migrants. These are economic I, I, migrants who are here I just agree because with of you. the welfare state. They're here because of the welfare state 
and are milking mm-hmm. the good working people of this country. And, and, and let, let's be clear, we can't refer to everybody in that category, but many people, now many people did come from areas of Ukraine where their lives genuinely are in danger, but there is an argument being made by people that Ukraine is a very large country and why not just move to a safer part of it. Stay there, Stephen Malachy. Uh, let me just go to John. John, hi, how are you? Good afternoon, how are you? Welcome to the party. Very good afternoon, Thank John. Thank you. Um, Listen, it's amazing. Though. I'll give you a couple of names there, right? Thomas J. Tapp, Sean McDermott, Thomas McDonough, Project Pierce, Eamon Kinn, James Connolly, and Joseph Crunkett. None of them decided to run away. Those lads went down and laid down their life and they played the ultimate price like, for to get this country's freedom, right? They, they, they didn't run away. They didn't run away men of fighting age. They can come over here for them a nice, cushy life. Now, anyone that's going back that this, uh, if, if my life is in danger in Cork City, why in the name of Christ will I come back here again? So uh, if you're going back there, I'm sorry, you're not coming back in here. Mm. Simple as that. You're supposed to be a war zone. It's but, a joke. But that was the original that was the original decision by the government two weeks ago that if you went home to Ukraine on holidays, when you came back, your accommodation wouldn't be available to you. It would but be given to somebody mean, else. But now yeah, they're holding it open. Like, Obviously, somebody has got to write for a mouth and the whole, you know, these people keep constantly, as Maliki says, lobbying the government, these NGOs, the whole lot. And that's why they've changed their mind, right? We've been caught big time here, big time. While the Irish people are still struggling and still suffering. And it's like, it's like the Muppets are a march up and down like a minute in the streets there, every Saturday and Cork for Palestine. Where the hell were they all the time along for the homeless? Where were they for the people of, uh, for the, the, the state of our health service, like, the state of our mental health service, like? Where were they marching for that? They were going to cop themselves on and look after our own country, you know. And those, the, the only words they can use of all the governments we've had down through the decades, the one word they will now use for the right to Martin is pure 100% traitors. Traitors to the Irish people. And that's just an opinion, obviously. A personal opinion. Yep. Okay. You heard Steve. Steve said Ukrainians are guests of the nation. That's how we refer to them. As guests of the nation. Therefore, they're entitled to do what they want as far as he's concerned. Well, I mean, it looked illogic that you're going to back to a, a, a theatre of war because that's what it's supposed to be. But of course, if you notice, I mean, all of a sudden, it has been replaced by what's happening in the Middle East. So therefore, it can be that bad. It can be that much Well, the, well the war in Ukraine, we now know, has come to a stalemate situation. And, yep. and it doesn't seem to be accelerating. It's a, it's not a stalemate. And it's probably going, it's a proxy war. It'll go on for a long, long time, many years, probably. It's yeah, not going to exactly. get any better. Are we, are we going to keep taking seven or 800 people a week in here? Steve, should we continue to do that? When we know now, Steve, to be fair, at the very start of this, you know, if I was Ukrainian, um, I would be concerned because our country was being invaded. But we now know that, that the war is only affecting certain regions and a very small proportion uh-huh. of the country. At this point, we know Thanks, that. Bye-bye. And it's not going to, it doesn't look like it's going to get any worse from that point of view because as we know, it's at a stalemate. So at this point, should we be still accepting, you know, as John said, six or seven hundred people a week or whatever it happens to be, should we still be accepting that? No, we're full now. Well, I'm glad we're to hear you. And I'm glad to hear you saying something logical today. Yeah, I know. Hold on a second. Hold on. I have been trying to speak logical from the start of this. I'm just really annoyed at the likes of Maliki Stenson. Oh, he's gone who, now. He's gone now. I, okay, so I, apparently I can't talk about him, but he can talk about everybody else like Ukrainians. And, and he, well, he's talking in general about general people. You can't talk about an individual if they're not on the air anymore because they have to have a right all, to reply. As if they're all scoundrels. Talk about John if you I want. Have, I have met 
personally, Ukrainian people. I'll, I'll give you a small example. And most of them are lovely people, by the way, can I just point out? Noel, I was, in, I was in the hospital for a small procedure a couple of weeks ago. And I was in the recovery room and there was, there was a Ukrainian guy with his wife across in the bed and they were speaking their own language, whatever. And a nurse came in and she was discharging them. He took a 20 euro note out of his pocket and put it into her hand. I'm saying, there, that's for you. You know, and, and she was saying, no, 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 I can't accept that. I can't accept that. And I'm just left there looking at this going, I'm, I was led to believe by, you know, shows like the Noel Boylan show when people right. come on with all the vile and hatred. Not you. No, I'm no, not no, saying no, you. No, 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 no. That's absolute none of nonsense. Nobody has ever come on this show, generally speaking, and said that Ukrainians are not nice people. The majority, the vast majority of Ukrainian people are decent people. Well, who's no, saying they're not? Have, have they we're, not? We're, we're talking about a government policy here. Exactly. So why the hell are we not annoyed at the government instead of coming on and saying... We are annoyed at the government. Well, well, Maliki obviously is talking about people taking advantage of a system and nobody's denying that. The government admitted themselves that people from Ukraine are taking advantage of the Irish system. Why wouldn't they? Give me a really good answer for why wouldn't they. Okay, let me go to another Bernie. Bernie, hi, how are you? God, Steve guy. Like... I'm bubbling up a rage just listening to the, the, the bullshit that's coming out of his mouth. Like, this thing about the hospital. Like, of course he's going to take out 20 quid and hand it to a nurse that's, that's probably on his beck and call. Like, they, like, they're given free medical cards. They're given free accommodation. They're given free clothes. They're given free food. They're given everything. Of course, they're rolling in this money. And this Steve guy thinks, oh, they're so lovely. They're so generous. No, no, that's our money being given back to... A, a nurse that probably never got to go to the bathroom. Anyway, forget about Steve because he's a moron. Um, I just want to rant a bit about the Irish. Like, I will have to give Steve his right to reply to you, call him a moron. I don't care. No, I'm just saying. Like, everyone is keyboard ranting, right? Nobody's in anything. I'm going out to the protest. And, like, I'm a genuine nice person. I pay my taxes. You sound um, like I go, it. Out, I, I go out on my break uh to stand with the Irish people, and there's like a hundred people out there. There's twelve thousand people Where? on on what in town? When? And there's twelve. What? When the protests come up, they're they're going on all the time, oh, okay. and there's like they're putting the barriers up. Niall, you know this. No, no, I'm, I know, I know. I didn't know which protest in particular you were referring right, to. Sorry. Right. The, mo- the majority of people that are going to these protests are really lovely people who are hard working. Yes, there's a few that are that are on the dole that that are. Doing drugs and stuff. Yeah, no, but most most people are just concerned citizens. Yeah, I get that. To, yeah. to fight as well. Yeah. But there's like 12,000 homeless people on the waiting list, you know, to get into accommodation. And none of them are coming out. And I just don't understand. And along with everyone else in the country who are struggling and are just saying nothing or doing nothing, like, it's just, I just don't understand what is going on in this country. Why isn't anybody getting up and fighting? Like, Everyone is just a keyboard warrior. And then get off your arse and do the it. Ukraine, all the Africans, all the Muslims, they're all laughing at us and they're just rolling. They're not all laughing at us. Rolling in the no, money. Like, well, well, now, that, that, that's a very general statement, Bernie. Not everybody who comes to Ireland as an immigrant is laughing at us and rolling in the money. That's not, that's, that's a general statement. Some people clearly are taking advantage of the system. There's no doubt about that. A and there are people, people are, and there's a lot of people taking the piss. I get and that. they're allowing them all to come in. And it's just like, they're handing over money, left, right and centre, medical cards. Like, my own mother can't even get a medical card, and she's 72. And it's like, 
She's no, well, I, 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 by the way, I agree with you completely. In relation to medical cards, the same goes for Ukrainian people. They shouldn't have been all given medical cards. They should be like anybody else. It should be means tested because there are many a people. A colleague of mine, yeah. his, his relative owns a B&B and she's renting it out to, to the Ukraines. And there's a nice lady in there with her lovely daughter. And she's saying how insane it is that they're getting 800 quid a week. They're, she, a, month, a month, not a week. Job. She's working in the B&B. They, the government gave her a laptop. That, like that, there's no expense spared, you know, for her, and she's saying herself, "This is insane." Like she can see the corruption, but like she's not going to refuse it because. Okay, well, the, the original question, Bernie, I asked today was, you know, the government's U-turn and allowing people to go home for Christmas. Do you think that's the humane thing to do, or? Is, With or is, a big F, no. Like it's 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 a joke. It's like, like that's yeah. like, dude, like that's like people from Kerry. Fleeing over to the Ukraine because there's um, a civil war up in, in Belfast. That's how mad it is. Like, how far away it is. Like, and their country is ten times the size. Or, I don't know, but it's... It's, it's big. Like, yeah. It's huge. And we're getting all of these people from all around Ukraine. Because they're like, oh, yeah, like, Ireland... Okay, well, 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 let me just let Steve respond to what you said. You're a dope, Steve. Uh, according to Bernie, I think that was the word she used, uh, because you don't really understand what's oh. going on. You clearly don't understand what's going on. No, no, I'm I'm clearly stupid to the whole thing. I haven't been paying attention to the news. I haven't seen the the negative effects it has on Ireland. I haven't seen any of these things. No, but what I would lo- what I would like to ask, um, Bernie, woman, what's her? But Bernie, I'd like to ask Bernie. Bernie, what did I say that was so moronic? The thing in the hospital. You still don't want to a Ukraine couple in, in the hospital giving 20 quid to a nurse. Well, I'm going to stop talking to of you course. for a second and I'm going to ask Niall a question. Niall, do you not think that was a nice moment? Is it moronic for me to mention such of a course. moment? Bernie, I don't think that was a particularly bad story. I thought that was a story of two people who were grateful for the help they got. And what do you say the 20 quid was, the, was, was their money? How do you know it was their yeah, money? How do you know? It's the taxpayers' money. It's the government have given them eight hundred quid a week. No, a month actually. You keep saying a week, right? It's actually eight hundred no, quid a month. A week. It's not a week. The Ukrainians are not getting eight hundred quid a week. They're getting eight hundred yeah. a month for accommodation Stop under the system. Stop listening to Facebook rumours. That's that, what you should Bernie, do. that's completely no, Bernie. That's completely untrue. They get social welfare the same as anybody else, which is two hundred twenty quid a week if they're obviously not working, and they get eight hundred uh, euro accommodation money per month. Not a week. Right. Imagine giving them eight hundred quid a week. That's three and a half grand a month. Okay. Are, you, Joe, are you having a laugh? Then that depends on how many kids that they have as well. But that's the same for anybody. By the way, it's on social welfare. No, yeah, just let me get back to Bernie there. The, no, no, the government needs to reconstruct the social welfare payments because there's like it, you, like people on the welfare, Irish and foreigners. They're all getting a good wage, and they're getting bonuses. I mean, I think it's been like four bonuses this Gosh, year alone. Barney, two, two bonuses. Barney, yeah. do me a favour. No, no, I get that. People shouldn't be getting too much money if you're sitting on your hole, as you rightly said. Sorry, Steve, go ahead. Yeah, so, Bernie, um, now that you've come on and attacked me and called me moronic, Again, I will ask you the question, outside of the nice story I told about somebody doing something nice, what have I said that is so moronic? I don't know what else you said. I wasn't listening to the rest of your book. Exactly. So you'd rather just come on exactly. and attack me. Oh, the because other thing that you signed up to go over to Ukraine. Oh, I yes, I did. Wonderful. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And why wouldn't I do that? Because I'm sure that they Why wouldn't I do that? 
Why wouldn't I have done that? When, when you saw what I saw, and I will explain to people what I saw, I saw a video of a young boy standing at the side of the road who was covered in dust and dirt and blood, crying for his mother and father. And my heart broke and I went, that child does not deserve that. And nobody can come on in here and say that that child deserved that. And all I wanted to do was help that kid go over and help him. I don't want to shoot people. I don't want to be involved in the war. I never wanted any of that. What I wanted to do was help the people who needed help. But apparently well, I'm a bad guy for doing that. Well, why don't you stay at a home? There's lots of kids that are homeless out on the streets that are the exact mm-hmm. same, but our government is and ignoring you think them, I and you're not doing anything. You think, you think I don't help in, the, in those type of situations no, either? Don't. I'm you quite a charit- Have you taken I'm quite a charitable guy. I don't think so. I'm... Niall Boylan, about two years ago, you know as well as I do, because it was actually about three years ago, I came on and I told a story about a homeless man that was sitting outside Super Value and I took him in for like two weeks over the Christmas period until he disappeared. No, until he disappeared. I don't know where the man went. Okay, why didn't you take another So don't tell me. I have no no problem doing it. I have no problem doing that. You find me another person, I'll go out today. I will, I will go, here's the thing, while you're out on your marches, and I said the same thing to Maliki Stenson, you can go out and you can protest as much as you want, it's not changing a goddamn thing, but people like really? me who because actually take the Palestine, action. The Palestine protests actually proved to change things, and the government are actually um, acting on getting people, uh, and the Irish East Wall protests, what here. has that done? You're telling me the that East the protests protest. don't work, they do work. What what has the East Wall protest done for the Irish? There's still Irish people homeless on the streets. There's still Irish people that can't pay for their dinner or their electricity. So how the hell did that work? How did any of these protests work? Okay, well, hold on. I have to go to Morgan as well. I have loads of people to get to. Sorry, sorry, Bertie. Uh, Morgan, hi. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Morgan, original question. We've kind of gone off on a tangent now, which is not unusual when Steve <laughs> arrives in the air. Um, the original question was the government's U-turn on the decision not to allow Ukrainians to go home. Um, do you think it was the right decision? It is the right decision. It's the humane thing to do. We can't keep people in, um, locked up and you know, not let them move or go, go back to see their families, irrespective of... Go back to uh, feed their know, families? Go back to see their families. Like, so oh, see their family. Is, Sorry, I thought you said feed yeah. their family. I was going to say, well, oh, they're bringing food no, with them. But the argument for a lot of people is why would you want to go back to a country where allegedly your life is in danger? Uh, because it depends on the part of the country where you came from. Now, there's another argument, well, maybe they shouldn't be here, they should be well, in another isn't part Isn't that, of well, if, if they came from a peaceful part of the country, why are they here in the first place? Exactly. So they may not have come from a peaceful part of the country, they may have come from a part of the country that was... Uh, at war, and they may have family in a different part of the same country, so they're not necessarily going back to the same yeah, part of the country it. where they came from. But we don't know that. We don't know that. But basically, on a humane level, um, you can't keep people, um, you know, just, you, you can't leave, you can't go anywhere, you can't leave to go to another country. But there's a bigger question about should they be here in the first place, and my response to that would be no, they shouldn't. They should have been accommodated in their own country first. Uh, we have no real obligation. Well, I, I do, but yeah, but I do say what I said earlier on, and at the very start 18 months ago, when we thought, obviously when the invasion originally happened, um, you know, there was a possibility that Russia was trying to invade the whole of Ukraine. That turns out mm. not to be the case now, and it's obviously a small mm. part of the country that is affected, the border regions, uh, mainly that are affected by this particular stalemate proxy war. Um so, realistically, the rest of it is safe. So, there should be no reason why people shouldn't be returning. Absolutely. They should mm. be returning. Um, mm. They shouldn't be here to begin with, and they should be returning. And that's just something we have to face, because 
if we take it to its logical extension, well, then we take everybody in the world. We'll take in uh, 200,000 Palestinians and then we have a real problem because then we have a problem with uh, people who have a diff completely different ideology to the mm, people who I live agree. in the country at the minute. Yep. So, uh, I mean, we, we, can't, we can't suddenly turn around every time a war breaks out in the world and say, oh, we'll take his all in. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not the way it works. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's the humanitarian thing to want to do, isn't it? But you can't it realistically do no. it. We will kill ourselves. It's called pathological empathy. Everyone mm. likes to be empathy, but when you're empathetic beyond the point where you, you don't care about yourself or your own people, well, then it, it's a sickness. And mm. that's what we see when people march in the street to say, yeah, if everyone comes in, refugees are welcome, refugees are welcome. I, would, it, I, it, you know, I don't understand those people, but all refugees are welcome. What sort of statement is that? All refugees couldn't statement. be welcome. We, we, we couldn't afford to do something like that. No, they haven't taught beyond, like, oh, my God, uh, these poor people, uh, let's take them in. They haven't taught the next logical step and, you know, the next 10 What are you going to do with them? That. Yeah. 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 They just haven't thought that far ahead and they, they can't. And then they won't because then they have to admit that, okay, well, maybe I was wrong. And we all know the last thing people like to do is admit that they were wrong. Um, and I will, I have to say to you, Niall, um, I said... A couple of days ago, I spoke to you and I said that um, cannabis was legal in Ireland in the 70s. I was wrong. It wasn't. Um, so, you know, just so I, I'm not a hypocrite. Um, it's okay to be wrong. You know, oh, no, it is. It's okay to be wrong every now and again. I was, <laughs> I was pretty sure you were wrong because I was in, I remember being in Ireland in the 70s and smoking a bit of weed when I was about 18 years of age. So I remember how difficult it was to get it. That's how yeah, I know you were wrong. So we, yeah, we don't have big egos, so we can all move on. But anyway, thing. sorry, well, let me, hang on. Well, stay there, Morgan. Let me go to Patricia as well. Patricia, hi. Hi Niall, I'm painting this week so I'm listening very much so I normally lift after, listen to you afterwards. I'm here in Kerry. Oh okay, nice to talk to Kerry, you. Kerry is on its knees. We have the second highest amount of refugees and asylum seekers here in Kerry so we have more coming in. Thanks to the greedy owners of properties and the government um, mm -hmm. for destroying our tourist industry here. Regarding the what the government have said, the government, if you look at it, are covering their own arse. Basically, yeah. use the expression now. And I know that, I do because I, I, I know a lot of Ukrainians here in Killarney, okay? And I've dealt with Ukrainians here in Killarney through properties that have been rented and they're getting half. And people tell me they're not allowed half, but yet they've got half. Well, well, okay? they, it, well, it, well it's a specific scheme that Ukrainians get. It's called the yeah. AP something or other scheme. They get 800 quid a month. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm, no, 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 this is actual proper rent and half tours. Oh, because okay. I've dealt with oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I have my facts and I have the, the, the paperwork to go with that, to back that up as well. But the Ukrainians that I've been dealing with and seen here in Kerry, they're flying over and back since they came here last year. They were over after Christmas, they were over during Easter, they were over during summer holidays, three or four weeks at a time. They went back for medical um, procedures. So why is the government coming out and saying that they can come back at Christmas time? Because they know it damn well that the Irish people will know that they're going back and they'll meet them at the airport so when their own Irish people are coming into the country for Ireland and they'll see them going back to mm. their country and they're buying houses back and they're buying houses here. There's a few things there. Look at, to start with, I put it out to TDs during the summertime when I phoned them and they told me that we have the, worst, the wealthiest Ukraine people that have come into this country and I, I agree 110%. We do have a small amount of genuine refugee Ukrainians, a small amount. And my heart goes out to those ones that were left behind because they couldn't afford to come here. And all you have to do is drive around the hotels here in Killarney and in Kerry and see that the cars that they drove all through Europe to get to this country and the expense of those cars. Now, I called the ministers outside it and I asked, can the Ukraine people at this point in time be means tested? 
they didn't lose their bank accounts in Ukraine when they left. And they will not bring in um, a Ukraine debit card into this country because if they do, it'll come up in their bank statements. And they need to be means tested because they had houses over there. They had mortgages. Well, I do agree before people are given medical cards or given any uh, social welfare or money from social protection from taxpayers, like anybody else in this country at this point now, whatever about the very start, you know, when we're trying to help people initially, people should be means tested. I mean, if you're if you're a wealthy person and you're from Ukraine, you shouldn't be getting social welfare in Ireland. No, no. Or free accommodation for that matter. Um, Irish people are means tested. So... Ukraine people have the same rights in this country as we have as Irish people, native Irish people and citizens that came in and became Irish citizens. And they have the same rights as what we have. So why not means test them? Well, I do know of one individual who was working in London and he's Ukrainian and he was working in London remotely for a company in England. And he was living in London in a flat in London. And after the war broke out, he decided to move to Ireland because he's still working for the same company. He's working remotely from Ireland, but now the government are paying for his accommodation because he's living in Ireland. But he was already, well, he, he wasn't even in the Ukraine at the time the war broke out. He'd been in England for the last seven years. But because because of the war, he took advantage of that situation, came to Ireland. The government are now paying for his accommodation in Ireland, and he's still working remotely for the same company. Well, I have Ukrainians that were over in different countries for a couple of months and decided they were told you get a better payment here and you get accommodation for nothing. And medical... Um, yeah, no, I know, I know, and the government have admitted that people have taken advantage of our, of our generosity. Yeah. I know, but okay, but the, but the point I'm making. So, Patricia, you don't. But if it was your choice, you'd be saying no. Well, you can't be going home to a country where you're allegedly or what your life is at stake. Uh, and if you do go home, what would you say? You can't come back. No, what I'm saying is they're going to come back anyway. They're not. They're not going to listen to the Irish government dictate and tell them anything. The Ukraine people will do exactly what they have been doing for the last eighteen months. They've been flying in and out, like blue horse flies in and out of this country, back to Kiev, doing up houses and pine houses. They've got their insurance back from over there from their banks and that to do them up. So why is the government coming out saying anything about Christmas to take that as truth? Because it's further from the truth. As I said, they're covering over the Irish people that will come into this country to see all the Ukrainians going back out at Christmas time. So they're covering their backs. Okay, we'll stay there a second. Let me, let me go to Sean and Dave just before I finish here. Sean, hi, how are you? How are you, Noel? How are you? Good. Um, great topic, Noel. And I'm not to be listening to this. You know, two two things, Noel. Stephen, I want to get back to Steve. Is this Steve? He's gone now, so, yeah. Yeah, he's gone. He well, no, I just want to reiterate what he said there. So so he said, like, you know, ah, there he's are an, guests. He's an Yeah. Well, you know that. But yeah. he said that there. Now, I tell you what, I define guests as, Noel. I define ter- uh, tourists. Uh, anybody, Americans, anybody, Canadians, well, anybody that comes to this country and stays and pays for their own food, their own uh, hotels, and and, and they, they go back off there when they're finished with Ireland. That's what I define guests as. But um, let's 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 treat Ukrainians as guests, as Steve says. So so let them go in and out of the country as much as they like. But when when they do exit the country. There is no accommodation, there is no social welfare, there's no nothing. So you can come back if you want, but you're going to have to work for that. That's it. That's my stance on this. You know, okay, so in other words, yes, you can go home for Christmas, but when you come back, you're not going to get social welfare, you're not going to get free accommodation, you're going to have to work for it. Nope. Yeah. And another thing, Noel, now we're good friends, we're a postmaster. And um, now here's the thing, Noel, and this, this is not going to shock you by anyway. It means that I think everybody in the Ireland Department knows this. Every bit of money, Ukrainians and anybody, anybody else, not only Ukrainians, every bit of money, the 90, 90% of the money is going out of this country. 
through the post office, through um, um, where they're wearing it off to their, their families, their friends, you know, who knows whoever in any other different country. That's the truth. Every bit of money Perfect. they're getting. Well, well, I, 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 I do know there was a massive increase by you many, many years ago too there was in relation to Western Union transfers all over the world from Ireland yeah. and, and that, that has been a particular problem for the government for many, many years but, of I course. Suppose, now, but you, maybe you, be more you, now you I think about it, uh, that last, uh, One of the callers says there about social welfare about the Irish people and these Irish people are putting the money back in to the Ireland of Ireland you know you know, well, I, I, will, I, I don't want to you know, tar everybody with the same brush. I, I don't believe that every Ukrainian person is doing that, is sending all the money back home again. I think many people... Yeah, but many people have said this is their... Yeah, I know, but there are there are Ukrainians working too, by the way. Not all of them, obviously. I know, I get that. I yeah. get that, Niall. There's only a small percentage of... But, but, but the, the fact of the matter is, Niall, I think what has to be addressed here is, yes, let them, let us, let them treat... Me, you know, they can be treated as guests all they want. No problem. And, and that goes for every nationality. I, 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 I would adopt the British system and the British system is if you came from Ukraine to, to Britain, to Great Britain, to England, for example, um, what happens is the government will support you and accommodate you for six months and after the six months you're just like anybody else. You can claim social welfare, whatever it is, you get the same as everybody else or you get a job and you pay for your own accommodation. That's the way the British do it and that's what I would have uh, done on this particular occasion. All right, let me just go to, sorry, I've just got to go to Dave, sorry, because we're running out of time rapidly here. Dave, hi, how are you? What's the crack? I'm sorry for keeping you there. I do apologise. No, you're fine. Not yeah, like I'm yeah. better to do my time. Yeah, yeah. Well, you heard Morgan there <laughs> before you come on and Sean as well. And and kind of most people are kind of saying the same thing, that we're kind of taking the pee. You know what I mean? They're, well, we're being taken advantage of. Yeah, I know. I was kind of, at the start, I was kind of, I was very conflicted. You know, it was part of me. It was like, ah, sure, look, you know, it's Christmas and maybe it's people going back to visit family that they might not see again next year due to the war and blah, 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 blah. And I kind of realised we're kind of being taken for a ride, though, at the same time, by a good percentage of people, I'd imagine. Like, mm-hmm. it, like you know, Ireland, like, with Cade Neil, the Paltry and all that, and we are a very generous nation. We're, you know, right up there, like, with humanitarian efforts and stuff. And I don't ever want to see that change, because it's just, I think it's, I think it's just, the need to help people, I think, is just deeply ingrained in the Irish but at the same time, yeah. But Morgan made a point. Of, Morgan made a point of that. You know, your empathy can kill you sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No. But see, that's what I was going to say. Where it's kind of starting to take the piss now, a small bit. Like, I mean, look, if, if you want to go back for Christmas, go back for Christmas. But the idea that like you will still get your social welfare payments and you will still have and your accommodation will be held for you. Like I was thinking, well, Jesus, if thousands of them like piss off for the Christmas holiday season, there's more more hotel rooms opened up for our own hospitality sector, you know, because, you know, God knows what, like, the damage has been done last summer because of, what was it, 40% of our hotels are being taken up. But does it make any sense at all that you will have, you know, a person going back to Ukraine for Christmas for two and a half weeks to a country where allegedly their life is in danger and they're staying in a a hotel and we're going to leave that hotel room empty and the government are paying for it? No, that is, it's, it's nonsensical. Sense. It's, no, it is, it's crazy. It's, it's, do you know what it is? It's like, um, it's like our laws are being drawn by the guys who wrote for Monty Python. You know, I'm expecting someone to come in now and say, right, no, this is too silly. This is too silly. Enough of this shit. Cause it is, it's, it is, it's absolutely completely and utterly ridiculous. Like it really is. I mean, because like if you're, if you're an Irish family and you're struggling and you're on welfare, we'll take a care, for example, because they're the, the one group of people in this country who get shafted the most, right? You earn five or 10 euros above the the cap, which tends to be small enough, particularly for the age we're living in now with inflation, right? 
you get nothing. The state is just like, sorry, pity about you. We're not giving you anything else. Oh, you have an extra 10 euros a week. You'll be able to survive on that. Yet we're like, you know, here's a medical card. Here's money for your, you know, uh, for your digs. Here's social welfare money. And you can also come and go as you please. Like, that's that's taking the piss. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm all about helping people. But even I'm kind of like, that's a bit much. Well, you know? And as I said earlier on to Patricia, at this point, by the way, at this point now, whatever about at the very start, you know, obviously we didn't know what we were dealing with. But at this point, people coming from Ukraine, you know, should be means tested to have a medical car, yeah. should be means tested to have accommodation. I mean, if you're, and there are wealthy people coming from Ukraine to Ireland, uh, because I've seen yeah, some of the they're, they're draft, they're, some, they're of, draft some of them are, some of, yeah, some of them are not, some, some of them are a wealthy. Lot of, a lot of them probably are draft dodgers, because like someone said earlier on, they were able to buy their way out of the country. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's the same reason Donald Trump didn't go to Vietnam, because of his bone spurs. You know, yeah. they had the ways and means to get So what I'm saying out. is, if you're a wealthy Ukrainian coming to Ireland, you shouldn't be getting social <laughs> welfare, and you shouldn't be getting your accommodation paid for. You shouldn't be here. And I'm, I'm, I, I, like, there's a part of me that's annoyed with myself for even saying that sentence. But, like, if you're fleeing from a part of Ukraine that is genuinely war torn, fine, okay, come on in, we'll help you. But if you're a person that can go back and live in your own country and support yourself, what are you doing here? Like, we don't have the accommodation. We don't have the infrastructure. You see, like, small rural villages being, having their populations, and I wouldn't even say destroyed. No, they, are, know, no well, they are being destroyed, because I've spoken to the tourism, people in the tourism industry, where you've got, say, a little restaurant, there was one restaurant owner from Sligo come out to us on the air one night, and he said the two hotels in the area are full of refugees. He said, we have no business. All our, they're normally, they would be full of oh. tourists, American tourists, yeah. Canadian tourists, Australians, whatever, and they'd be spending their money in the restaurants and the local shops. Unfortunately, these people are not doing that. We see, I'm not even talking about, and that's incredibly valid point here. I'm not even talking about like touristy places. I'm just talking about your bog standard, sleepy Irish village where you're having the population increase by, you know, 50%. You don't have the infrastructure to deal with the people. You don't have GPs to, to look after everybody. I mean, if I wanted to change doctors in the morning, I can't. I'm stuck with the doctor that I have. And then you're also dumping you know, like 50, 100 people in a place with nothing for them to do at all. They're, you know, maybe some jobs are there, but they need transport. They don't have a car. And all they're doing is hanging around the place, you know, maybe drinking cans, maybe getting up to but maybe not. You know, a lot of them are probably integrating into the community. But then you also have the community is throwing the side eye at them. You know, it's not a great way to try and integrate people into your country. And Morgan, I'm assuming you would agree with everything Dave is saying. Very much. Um, mm. there's very little to it that can be disagreed with when you look at it logically um, so we're, we're, we're in a lot of trouble um, we have you know half the world here at the moment from if you just take the different nationalities um, I get to see a society anywhere that can integrate different types of cultures and it works out well um, it's just not possible and beyond the arguments around money let's not forget there is money to be made from refugees and there's a lot of money being made from it and it's not just our government aren't taking these people in because they've suddenly they suddenly magically become compassionate. And um, that's not the, the the thing at all. There's lots of economic reasons and geopolitical reasons why these people are here as well. Um, so it's not. Well, I know many countries look at it as a as a way of paying pensions in the future and increasing the younger population. Anyway, but let me let me just go to Connor because I have to wrap this up. Connor, hi, how are you? Uh, how are you going? I don't know. Very briefly, I just have to go uh, yeah, on your subject about Ukraine. 
uh, only 20% of the landmass of Ukraine is currently in an active conflict zone. Yep. Now, there are, of course, missile strikes across the country on infrastructure and electricity substations and, and stuff like that, with power generators. The majority of Ukraine, 80% of its landmass, is not affected by the ongoing uh, hostilities in yep. a way that they, you know, people can live on a day-to-day basis. Of course, there are tragic incidents. Well, I've I've seen um, the I've well, seen the video the, the videos of most places in Ukraine and life is going on as normal. Yes, and yeah. that is absolutely the case. Um, but you know, I think you know there'll probably be some issues that discriminating against it. But uh, I think people who are not from the regions of Ukraine that are currently affected by uh, military action, uh, you know, there should be the government should look uh, based on the provinces of which province in Ukraine they're coming from. Uh, and make an assessment on that. And the same applies for the men who are supposed to be uh, fighting, uh, conscripted in this case. Uh, but on, on the issue of Ireland specifically, there is obviously a capacity. Uh, you know, we can't, you know, there are countries that are closer to Ukraine, you know, the uh, International Protocol on Refugees, you know, the next nearest, the nearest safe country uh, is where people should. Well, people are arguing, uh, people are arguing as well, Carlo, there's also their own country. And the other eighty percent of their own country. Of course, yes. Yeah. But if if their heart still takes them and they wish to leave uh, Ukraine for whatever reason, there are neighbouring countries such as Poland, Romania, who are more culturally similar. They're Slavic countries, Eastern European, former Soviet, so uh, Eastern Bloc, who will be able to integrate these people better uh, than Ireland would. Now, I'm not saying I haven't had any personal issues with the Ukrainians in Ireland, um, but there there are quite a lot of them here. I just personally, I believe they should be more dispersed. Throughout the European Union. Well, that's, well, that's because Ireland became quite attractive because of the amount of money and the accommodation we're providing. Of course. Well, this is, this is, uh, this is the issue. Because, with, because many Ukrainians that, coming here now at this point, you know, I wonder, I often wonder why people are leaving at this point because essentially the war is at a stalemate at the moment and it's probably calmed down somewhat. So why are they leaving now and not last year? Uh, they've already left last year. They were in a different country, but they're coming to Ireland now because their mates are telling them it's better here. Yeah, well, I, I, I agree with that. And, you know, people are sharing things around, saying, oh, come to Ireland, you'll benefit this, we're very lax, and, and all the rest of it. But the reality of this, I don't want to go too much into military stuff at the moment, but my assessment on this war is probably going to go on for at least another two years. And that's if there isn't a further escalation with the Middle East or Taiwan or whatever. So, you know, how long are we supposed to consider these people refugees if the conflict is isolated in a particular area for possibly a number of uh, years to come? Listen, Connor, thank you very much indeed for that. I appreciate you coming on the air and talking to us today. Uh, thank you to everybody, by the way. I could have filled another three or four hours, which leaves us to believe that the government is not actually listening to us. The majority of people feel the same way. That if you're coming from, or if you were coming from Ukraine going back a year and a half ago or 18 months ago when this kind of started first, everybody, and I mean everybody, would have had the utmost empathy for everybody that came to Ireland and would offer as much help as possible. But now we're in a situation where things really haven't escalated any further. The majority of the country is safe. And you've got people who are in Ireland accepting our welfare payments, our accommodation and our generosity. And I'm not talking about people who have made an effort and assimilated into society and got a job because many Ukrainians have done that. I'm talking about the other ones who are still taking everything, heading off back to Ukraine for Christmas for the holidays. So clearly it's safe enough to go on holidays and then come back to Ireland and expecting it all to be handed back to them again. The Irish government have no balls. Let's be clear about that. They're spineless when it comes to dealing with these situations because they pander to NGOs constantly all the time. We could have done what England did 
which you say to people, okay, come to Ireland, we'll try and help as much as we can for a six-month period. After that, you're on your own, just like anybody else. And at this point, there are too many stories to ignore of people coming from Ukraine who are quite wealthy. People who are driving nice cars. I'm not suggesting they all are, but some are. They should be means-tested, just like any ordinary Irish citizen who claim a welfare payment or accommodation assistance. They should be means-tested. They should have to produce a bank statement. How much money have you got? Do you have a, ho a home back in Ukraine that you're renting out currently at the moment and making an income on? If that's the case, we're not going to give you something. Pay for it yourself like everybody else. There's a limit to our generosity. And Morgan made a really good point in relation to the empathy that the Irish people have. We are very charitable. But that will eventually kill us. Because we're too charitable. We're too generous. By our own admission, our own government even admitted that we're too generous. And that's why people are coming to Ireland. There's a limit to what we could do. They said it themselves. There's a capacity. We're already at the capacity. They've said it now God knows how many times in the last month. But we're still doing it. Are we doing it, hoping to get a different result tomorrow? I don't know. What is wrong with this country that we can't even speak anymore? We're told that we're not even allowed to have a debate about it anymore. You'll be silenced if, they want, if you want to have a debate about immigration in this country. You'll be called right-wing. I get called right-wing all the time. I couldn't care less. That's why it says on the bottom of the screen here, you'll see, they told me to shut up. See, they told me to shut up. Well... I won't shut up. So please help support the show to keep me talking. We want you to go to our website. To support the show, there's only one way that we can make money. As you can see, we have no banner ads on the screen anywhere up there or anything like that. There's nobody telling you to buy anything. So the only way we can make money and we can support ourselves because we don't get paid for doing this. As you know, I have a job on radio. So I support myself. Um... The other two people that work with me, they don't get paid. They do it because they love doing it. We love free speech. So please support us. All we're asking you for is $5.99 a month if you go to our website. And for that, you can see all of the videos, all of the interviews that we've done for the last six months. At this stage now, there's well over 100. And some of the stuff that we have never put out during the day. We don't, only the live show goes out during the day. We'll never charge you for that, by the way. You're watching it now for free. You're listening to it for free. We won't charge you for that. Because we understand that not everybody has five ninety nine a month and we want you to interact with the show. Remember, this is Ireland's only, and I mean only, fully interactive live podcast. If anybody tells you any different, they're not telling the truth. This is the only fully interactive. We have Zoom calls, WhatsApp, phone calls, and it looks professional, doesn't it? Not like some other podcasts that I've seen recently that look quite tacky. Anyway, please support us. Wow. Please support us. Five ninety nine a month. It's the price of a pint of beer. It's like coming up to me and saying, no, can I get you a pint of beer? I love the show the other day. By the way, I didn't agree with you last week when you said that. That's fine. I don't expect you to agree with me every day. You don't have to agree with me every day. And you don't have to agree with the callers every day. But they're all entitled to give their opinion. And you're entitled to your opinion. If you ever want to come on the show and disagree with them, you're welcome to do that. So please support the show. And everybody who subscribes on the website, nileboylan.com, for a subscription plan... We will put them all in a hat. Well, we don't do it. The computer does it every day. And we get one name and we send them out one of these mugs. That's the smug mug. Everybody wants them. We've sent out loads so far. We send out one every single day. All you got to do is subscribe on the website. Please don't wait. Please do it now. 
And please support us because we want to keep doing this every single day. So please do support us. It's not much to ask. I know you're paying subscriptions for different things and I appreciate that. But I would ask you on this occasion maybe to consider us. Five ninety nine a month, price of a pint of beer or a cup of coffee. Don't forget, you can listen to the show free of charge on the website, nileboylan.com. You can listen to it there. It's just to watch it. You have to pay or to watch the interviews that we haven't screened. You have to pay. You can go to Spotify, iTunes, all the usual places to listen to the show at any stage. So please do that as well. And the one thing I'll ask you is, tell a friend. If you can't do any of that and you can't support us in any other way, just tell a friend about the show. Send a link of the show to a friend. Share it with a friend. And that will help us. Thank you very much indeed. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Until then, have a great day. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms. 